You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Allison Marshall from Richmond, Virginia. And I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to the special monthly Chi University episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April the 25th. Good morning, horse world. Welcome to our once-a-month look at traditional Chinese veterinary medicine with the Chi University. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in this morning. We're so excited to welcome you to the Chi University episode. This is a new episode we're doing the fourth Tuesday of every month. Had to get that right. And you're going to say, well, I've heard of Chi before. That's right. If you're a regular listener, you've heard Dr. Wendy on The Driving Show talk about Chi University because she went there and she also teaches there. So we're going to learn more about that. But first, we're going to hear from our host, and we have Dr. Allison Marshall from Virginia. I have to call you out. You are a practicing veterinarian, correct? Yes, sir, I am. And where are you recording this episode from right now? I am recording it from my truck in Richmond, Virginia, (laughs) on the road, in the middle of uh, flying around treating horses. There you go. I love that. I love that. And I've done the show many times from my truck cab. So so I get you. And you sound terrific. So actually, cars make great sound studios because they're so insulated. Uh, That's really awesome. Yeah. So this new episode, we're going to be covering what uh, every month? What kind of things are we going to be chatting about? Well, what we're going to be covering is a lot of... What they what we call TCVM, which is an acronym for Traditional Chinese Veterinary Medicine. And what that really encompasses is acupuncture and herbals. And there's an entire, I'm sure Dr. Ying has talked about it before, but there's an entire theory of food therapy. There's actually some manipulative therapy um, that they call Twina. So there's all kinds of ways to approach a case with... Um, with Chinese medicine. So we're going to kind of spotlight some of those. Um, I'm going to invite some folks on the show that can talk about certain cases of interest. And many of them are like Cushing's disease or founder or how TCVM would treat these cases differently than what we're accustomed to in Western medicine. And, and, you know, everything we, we all, we love to say, Oh, Chinese medicine does everything well. It doesn't do everything well, but we're going to talk about what it does do well. And maybe when you don't, I joke with my clients that if I have a gunshot wound, I don't want an acupuncturist. I want a good surgeon. So that <laughs> would be point. one instance in which the TCVM would not be my first choice, but there's lots of other great choices and not a lot of people know how well that stuff works. So that's what we're going to be highlighting, I think. Well, I'm excited about this because Dr. Wendy's segments were always very popular. So I'm glad that we're going to continue that now that she's she's really not around. Although today we're going to hear from her. She's She's one of your guests going to be talking about herbal formula today. So we're going to have her on. We're also having uh, the big guy on. We're having the guy who founded the Chi University. So tell us what Chi University is and tell us a little bit more about Dr. Shea. So Chi University, I, I believe uh, Dr. Shea started that in like the early 90s. He came over to do a PhD, sort of through inadvertent stuff, started teaching other people. He came over from China, so he is authentic um, and started teaching. You're going to hear other- the authenticity today. 
Right. That's true. <laughs> For sure. Um, you'll be fully present, hopefully. Um, my, uh, so he, he started, um, sorry, he started Chi University. He started Chi University as the Chi Institute um, in the late 90s. And he's been teaching and Chi has been growing. And so I think he started teaching acupuncture and his knowledge base of TCVM is so vast because it is part of their culture. So, um, so Chi University, is I'm very biased because I teach there too, but Chi University is the best TCVM education probably in the world, um, let alone America. I have to. I think it's hilarious that Dr. Shea started Chi University in Florida, in Reddick, Florida, just north of Ocala, and then took it to China. So <laughs> I think it's funny that he was invited back because he was that good. <laughs> so We're going to hear from him in a minute, too. He'll be our first guest today. But I wanted to ask you about you. So you're a traditional veterinarian first and then TCBM second? Actually, no. I um, I graduated from University of Florida, of all places. Oh, I'm wow. a Michigan native, and okay. I graduated from UF in 1995. And what is actually, I think, really entertaining is that I did, I don't know, six to 10 hours a week um, side work in the animal science building. And so, you know, a little man from China stands out in the animal science building. So he came Especially over at the from University China. of Florida. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, animal science is, is a lot of, um, it was certainly male dominated at that time and lots of Caucasians. So uh, he came in 1994 and I remember, you know, I sort of vaguely have this recollection of seeing him in the animal science building before he really got going. So I graduated in 1995, did regular vet work for about seven years. Years and I have kids and it was just one of those things that I thought that if I did, I do chiropractic as well, um, which is often called veterinary spinal manipulative therapy. It may be a little more specific, but it's a lot longer to say. So it, we just default and say chiropractic, but I do all of that stuff. Um, and I've been doing that since 2005. I took both of those trainings then. So my practice has been limited to just what I lovingly call hocus pocus for the last 18 years. It's hard to believe. <laughs> And you're you do that in the Virginia area where there's a ton of horses. So I do, and I actually have a little uh, side practice in Maryland. I've been going to Maryland once a month for 15 years, and so I have three to four days up there. And I never thought I'd work on racehorses, uh, but I have been spending one day a month at Laurel Park for the last 15 are they, years. Are they adopting TCBM more than they ever have in the past? I, you know, it's hard to say because as I, as I marched into it, um, there were, I think there was another practitioner at Laurel when I first started there and I believe she has retired. So the term more, I, I have a heart, you know, I don't know yeah. if it's more or about the same or not, but, um, I, I, my practice involves a whole lot of different, um, disciplines, which I love. Very good. Well, we're going to learn more about you as we go along, too, but I think it's appropriate on this first episode that we meet the guy who started it all here in the United States, mm -hmm. and uh, that is Dr. Shea. Now, Dr. Shea does have a bit of an accent, so um, I, I follow along. You're going to have to concentrate. I wouldn't... Uh, you know, I wouldn't be doing something dangerous while you're trying to focus on Dr. Shea, but uh, he's terrific and I absolutely love his, I love him and I love what he's done here. So let's take a listen to that. 
So, Dr. Shea, I know that your father and your grandfather practiced Chinese medicine in people called TCM in China. We would all love to know a little bit about more about what what you might have learned from them, what it, you know, how how it was that you were growing up in China and and what that felt like. I know if I remember correctly from what you've told me, um, there were no regular medicine as we think about it in any of the surrounding villages. So, um, it was just traditional Chinese medicine and you grew up with no phone and no electricity and no car. And I think I remember you telling me when we were in China together that you had to walk one hour to school every day. Is all? Do I have all that correct? Yes, that's exactly right. We live in a very, very remote area, which meaning no technology, no electricity, no car, no bus, no paved road. Only since we hive is nature. That's mm-hmm. all we need. River, mountain, rice field. Rice field uh-huh. gave enough food for us. River gave children enough place to play. Mountain gave a lot of place to collect herbs. So, yeah, that's a wonderful childhood time. I still remember. That's even almost 60 years ago. That's that's really amazing to me. And it's amazing. It was amazing to me to hear that you didn't see electricity until you were 13 years old. So I think about how much a culture like that would be dependent on watching the seasons and watching the seasonal effects and the herbal effects on animals and people and, and how, um, I don't know, how, how fun it must have been to be able to really absorb all of that as a younger person. Um, and it just becomes part of who you are. I've watched you teach for many years now, and I, I think it's pretty neat. Yeah, it is, because uh, in the morning, wake up is not because alarm. It's because uh, roaster, <laughs> the microwave, <laughs> okay, it's time to get up. <laughs> and at night, we go to the bed because it's dark. There's no other place dark? you can go. <laughs> so so you- I, I, that's a wonderful time. So uh, not too many people get to wake up with a rooster anymore in America, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish we could all do that. But so when you went to bed at, at night, there were no candles, like everybody just went to sleep. You guys didn't stay up to read by candlelight or anything. That's what I we saw, hear in America. I saw the candle when I was uh, 20 years old. Before oh that, we had oil lamp. That's only since we're high wow. occasionally. So candle is not the that didn't exist during my childhood time in my eyes. That's amazing. That's (laughs) amazing. That's really neat. So um, I remember you talking about um, how you came to America from China. And I believe you, you correct me if I'm wrong. I like to test my memory with this. So I love to help you tell your story because then I know that I'm telling it correctly everywhere I go because I talk about you all the time. But uh, you came to University of Florida, I think 1994 to do your PhD. And then your supervisor had passed away when you were in the middle of that am i am i correct in that yes exactly very unfortunately do not time yes and so um i think they wanted to keep this was in the animal science department for florida is that correct yes department of animal science and so they were they wanted to keep you on to do your research but nobody else wanted to fund acupuncture research is that correct as well that's uh, do not hide the miserable because uh, low funding how you're able to do research without the funding. Right. And right. the only possibility is writing grant, getting funding. I did get funding 
before I could uh, uh, come to United States because I was professor in Beijing Virtual Medical School. But that's written, submitted in Chinese. Also, acupuncture pretty popular there. Mm-hmm. In United States, in English writing, acupuncture, that's 1996. It's yes. very, very unacceptable by academic. <laughs> so six months later, I still have the low funding. That's wow. every day, write, write, submit, submit. Basically, failure for six months. Very, very sad, dark time. Yes. So you had taught in Beijing for 11 years before you came to Florida. So you were used to your medicine being very well accepted and you were trying and trying at Florida to get your grants accepted, but nobody was accepting them. And um, again, from what I understand, you had, they had a, somebody heard about you at the vet school, correct? That you practiced acupuncture and they had a horse that was very sick with diarrhea there, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and exactly. I want to... I want to so, say because I I had um, I went there for veterinary school and I had Dr. Merritt as one of my professors. He was the head of the large animal department, and I believe wasn't it him that asked you, you to come ex- and treat this heart? This horse? small board, yes. Do not have his attending. Okay, uh, clinician for that horse. Okay. And then he felt okay. Nothing we can do. We did everything could be possible. We did, but the horse still didn't respond. Quality for life is miserable. So he decided or suggested to the client, this horse must be sleep, put to sleep or euthanasia. Yeah. And the owner says, no, you cannot. So owner, whatever reason, maybe he heard the local equine doctors about the acupuncture. So equine, local equine guys tell him, this guy, I listened to his lecture. He's great. You have to find him. So he said, Dr. Merritt, we know you have the Dr. Xie in your university. I beg you, please let him touch my horse. <laughs> Dr. Merritt, of course, don't want that. Right. But then they're fighting for the why. Okay, Dr. Merritt agree. Basically, do not have a lot of those clinicians, you know, they just say, okay, they, they, maybe they are at least they climb force them. Then let's, let's see what this guy can able to do. Yes, yes. So I able to see that patient. And and my my understanding was that horse was very sick with diarrhea for two weeks, and they had tried, as you said, they had tried everything to to fix, you know, to heal the horse. And what was it within a day? Or I think, I, as the story I heard was, it was really really sick. You did one acupuncture treatment, and the next day it was standing there eating hay and being very comfortable. I don't think it took you very long to get it turned around. And did you yeah. just use acupuncture on so, that horse? So initially you- we just use acupuncture, help yes. upper tide, but this is a colitis to able to really to cure that mm-hmm. type of severe situation. We also use uh, herbal medicine as well. So herbal play ma- major rules for that patient. That's so amazing. after use herbal, three days later, the diarrhea improved. Five days later, complete resolve. Wow. And the discharge from the hospital. And the doctor married feel, okay, maybe herbal actually doing something good for that uh, gilding. That's 10 years old, therapy gilding. Yes. That's pretty fascinating. And so how did that help you get into your teaching? Because I know that you started teaching. Didn't you have some of your very first students were sort of the neurology, like Dr. Cheryl Chrisman and, and, uh, 
and maybe some of the anesthesia, was it the professors that got you most, inter- you know, started you on the Qi Institute? So or? sometimes uh, one case or one of those incidents, sometimes leading you a lot of excitement or something turn your life around. Yes, yes. I talked about six months darkness, six yes. months suffering, writing Quran to <laughs> submit uh, the Quran to always failure until this horse. I still remember oh. that's just right uh, uh, after Christmas before New Year mm-hmm. and I get in this uh, Christmas greeting card type of, you know, uh, greeting card and then this uh, owner writing there says, Dr. Xie, you gave me a special gift. You mm-hmm. bring this slide back to my life. It's my turn return my appreciation gift to you. She write the check to UF specifically to raise that amount of money to acupuncture research. That horse really helped me to say, okay, what acupuncture can do during that time is clinical results. Because mm-hmm. clinical results, the clients see the results are willing to actually help to promote research. And then because of that, help me finish my PhD thesis research, able to get in PhD. Without this horse, my life probably different path. I don't know where <laughs> I'm at. Definitely is not in Gainesville, Florida. Because wow. that horse, I able to stand in strongly, getting ground, finish my research, continue what I like to do. Because that holds back to, you talk about Dr. Rest of the faculty member, because little by little, okay, this can stop diarrhea. Can this acupuncture able to make a horse, I mean, make a dog getting up mm-hmm. after the paralyzed? So when neurology try out, oh, black and white, after acupuncture, make this dog able to get up and walk, there must be some values. So clinical results, speak itself. So that's what uh, initially actually is about. Uh, and then you ask about teaching. Teaching actually is a total different story because uh, I love teaching. And uh, maybe you can hear, that's what uh, I have been teaching for 40 years. So teaching story coming from when I first come to United States, 1994, I met a lot of uh, the veterinarian who has been training with a veterinary acupuncture. I was so shocked. They have no idea about traditional Chinese veterinary medicine or TCVM. They never heard about it. I kind of, really? You studied this five years? You haven't heard about the TCVM? That's impossible. But yeah, we didn't. And then I tell you the story, they get fascinated about it. Okay, more than acupuncture. There's something else, has herbal, has uh, some others. And then I was also shocked about the already learning five years now, they haven't practiced acupuncture yet in their patient. Some of them even practice acupuncture in the patient, but using cookbook style, meaning Okay, this glow point for the pain management, this glow point for the joint, mm-hmm. 
That's all they do. They don't they looking for the whole body. They're just looking for Western medical style practice acupuncture. I said there's something those, wrong. And for those people who are listening who don't are not veterinarians, you know, there are many ways. Well, acupuncture is best treated it's very individual for the patient. So Western medicine says we treat all diarrhea one way, but that diarrhea case, um, there are many different ways of treating the diarrhea cases, whether they're old or whether they're young or whether they're stinky diarrhea or all that stuff. And that's the strength of acupuncture. And so it sounds like the Americans that you were talking to had not been trained in all those different ways. They had just been trained in um, like one here's the, here's the, here's the recipe for all diarrhea instead of being more specific, which is really, I have learned from you. That's the strength of traditional Chinese veterinary medicine and medicine at all. Mm -hmm. Great. Is that right? Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Perfect. So because of that uh, situation, okay, I'm motivated. I love teaching. I love Chinese medicine. I love United States. My wife and my daughter do not also love it. Hmm, I love everything. How able to continue making my love keep going? Let's build the school. That was the Qi Institute was founded in 1998 to teach American veterinarian about really about traditional Chinese veterinary medicines. That is, and then I took the course in 2005, and there were only, so you started it in 1998, um, and you were teaching when I took the class out of um, a hotel lobby, and there were only about 50 students, equine and small animal combined, and now you're close to 200, I think, right? Yes. Every, yes. It's just, it's, it's mind boggling to me how much it's grown in my time, which is, not nearly as long as your time. So there are a lot more people in America that understand that, I think, that um, that Chinese medicine can take a completely different approach to different diseases, um, and many of which that Western medicine doesn't have a strong answer for. And it's, it's really neat to be a teacher at the Qi Institute because, just like you, I love to teach because you you get questions from your students. One gets questions from one students that you don't know the answer to, and then you find the answer. So teaching makes me smarter and, and keeps me young and keeps my brain going for sure. Great. So, I totally agree. Yeah. The teaching is, it's not the teaching, actual learning as well. So it's great. So what do you attribute this growing acceptance? So more and more people in the veterinary world are accepting acupuncture and understanding that it has a different approach to health um, than our regular medicine. Um, how do you, how do you explain, is there an explanation for that? I, I'm assuming that that is also reflected in the human world, but how I know that the, the Qi Institute, which is now Qi University, um, we have more master's degrees. We have more research happening. So, there's a lot more Western proof, I guess you would say, of the fact that traditional Chinese veterinary medicine works. But is there something that I'm missing there that you think has increased? Um, yeah, so I think it's three reason why the past 10 years, the rapid growth of integrated medicine or acupuncture Chinese medicine, number one is research. Research is critical for academic and also for those uh, conventional 
practitioner that like solid science. Mm-hmm. So master degree student and also other research now more directly in, in clinical research, really validation about how and why acupuncture able to do. And the second reason, I think because of results. I think because of so many equine practitioner, including Dr. Allison, Marsha, and uh, so many other doctors there. It's been funny for me. I've been practicing TCVM and spinal manipulation for 18 years now. That's really mind-boggling to me. And I'm, I'm kind of tickled. I always have a good chuckle when I have someone say, oh, my vet sent, sent me to you. I've never heard of the veterinarian before, but they have seen the results in other patients that we share. And, and that's just thrilling for me because I, I don't think that anyone who is savvy can just accept, yep, this works. I think we all have to see the results in ourselves. And so the spreading of more people practicing it means there's more results and, uh, you know, understanding how, when, how and when to use it. I joke with my clients all the time that if I have a gunshot wound, I don't want an acupuncturist. I want a good surgeon. But if I have kidney failure or Cushing's disease or weakness and paralysis, boy, I'll choose TCVM any day. So I think that's really neat. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Well, he is, you know how you say you know when you're in a room and you can tell who the smartest man in the room is? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, he's the smartest man in any room. Uh, he but he's super nice, too. That's the other thing. He's uh, personable and, and funny, and I just enjoy, I've talked to him once before, I think. Uh, he's such a warm person. I joke when I explain him to my clients that I just like to stand next to him and hope that some of his good juju just kind of washes over <laughs> on me and all of his knowledge and everything, because he's pretty amazing. And the story of where he grew up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, for sure. That's just like a world we can't even imagine. For sure. I mean, and and some and probably it's still that way. You know, a lot of it were in in some of the parts of China where he grew up. I, I would imagine so. I was I was um, I was lucky enough to go. He has a annual conference every year, and about you know, COVID kind of messed that up. But um, about every second or third year, he will usually do it in China or abroad. And um, I took my youngest, who was fourteen at the time, with him to China with the group to China in twenty nineteen, and oh, wow. that was a spectacular. Um, you know, h- how better to see China than with Doctor Shea? Well, and you're <laughs> so, and you're what? How old did you say your is it son was? My youngest. It was a daughter, and daughter. she was fourteen. Fourteen. So. What she think? Talk oh, about a culture shock. It. Oh, she she's a real interesting kid. She's my my most um I want aloof is not the right word, but she is the most observant of the world and um just really quiet and to herself. So I was actually really proud as you sit in China, you know, there's all kinds of different food that we are not used to. Yeah. And when the when the roasted duck came around the lazy Susan with the with head on and everything. The head on and the webbed feet <laughs> and everything, I kind of took a took a, a little it took me aback a little bit, and she grabbed her chopsticks and grabbed a drumstick. So <laughs> I was really proud of her. She did great. <laughs> That's funny. She was all in. Dr. Shea got her a little um, rice patty hat, whatever those little... Those little oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, she, he, he got her one of those. He, we call him Uncle Shen. <laughs> well, that is an experience she'll never have anywhere name. else, right? For I mean, sure. yeah, For that's, sure. that's fantastic. She, so, Chi make... University is not too far. It's up uh, Route 75, just north of Ocala. And, matter of fact, it's not far off Route 75. But they're building yeah. a new hospital there. Have you seen it? What's that like? Sure. Um, I see it. I, it's kind of fun to watch the changes since I've been teaching there. So, I, I went, I did my, my acupuncture schooling there in 2005, and I've done herbals and food therapy and all that since. Um, and then I started teaching in 2010. So they have added on, they added on an equine building not long ago. Um, they are adding currently, they're adding on an integrative small animal hospital, which means that not only will they be doing TCVM there, but they will also be doing what we consider traditional or Western medicine or something like that. Oh, so wow. they're, they're starting a full-fledged hospital on um, kind of in between the, the main lecture hall and the, um, the large animal facility, the equine facility. So It's a beautiful it's property they have there, too. It sure is. Yeah, it really is. Well, and w- that'll be open when? Do we know? I do not know. I wanted to say that they were targeting this fall, um, but I and I'm not sure I had that conversation with him when I was teaching in February. But I, I think they're targeting late this year or early next. And and they have didn't they have a full solar thing there too? They sure do. <laughs> like twenty hundred panels or something. Yes, I mean. it's it's a it's a field. It's a field full of solar. Yeah, I, I kind of remembered that. I've been yeah, there once yeah. with Dr. Wendy and we took a little tour it was before they started building the other buildings. It was probably five, six years ago. Oh neat. So uh, it is quite a place. Well we're gonna learn more about that of course as we go along. But I think next why don't we go to Dr. Wendy Ying for new listeners. Dr. Wendy did a driving radio show with me every week for ten years. Uh, and then we both, or she kind of retired from driving and uh, is just being a veterinarian, very happy there in Sarasota, Florida. But she, on every one of those episodes, did kind of a Chinese medicine update. And we thought, well, who would be more appropriate to have back for your first episode than Dr. Wendy, right? Because the way I met Wendy is my wife got me a dry, got me arranged to have me be in a forehand of hackney ponies. And it just so happened it was with Wendy's ex-boyfriend. And it was in Lexington, Kentucky. We went over on my birthday. It also happened to be Easter Day that year or something, if I remember right. And uh, I got to drive a four-in-hand my first time, and it was all cute little hackneys like I have. And Wendy was there on the cart, and I I liked her so much, I reached out to her like the next day and said, you've got to come on and, and do something with me on the Horse Radio Network. And that's how it that's started. Awesome. Yep. That's awesome. That's how it started. I didn't know how smart she was. I just thought she was fun. So, so your wife introduced you? Yes, it was all my wife's fault. Yep, that's correct. (laughs) Good wife. (laughs) And then Wendy went on to become part owner of the Horse Radio Network till we sold it last year. So, I mean, it is a full circle, right? Um, So let's get Wendy back, and she's going to talk to us about an herbal, herbal, I want to say herbula. It's an herbal formula. I try and put those two together. um, That uh, she's excited about. Well, I'd like to welcome an old favorite back to the show for this first Chi University episode. And, you know, it, it seems appropriate that we started talking about Eastern medicine with Dr. Wendy Ying about 12 years ago. And we're going to continue that today. And But this time, she's a guest. Hi, Dr. Wendy. Hi, Glenn. I'm a little upset you called me old. <laughs> It's my birthday today. I'm old, too, so we're even. Oh, well, happy birthday. <laughs> so, Dr. Wendy, we're, we're having you back together. to talk about one of your favorite things, and that is herbal medicine. 
No, I love herbal medicine. I think, um, you know, it's a huge part of TCVM and, and traditional Chinese medicine for people. In fact, acupuncture is maybe used only in 20% of the cases. Uh, so we use a lot more herbal only uh, in human medicine. Um, and probably because there's a lot of people like you, Glenn, that are nervous about needles. But <laughs> herbs can be very powerful because you take them over, you know, like a few months. And, it, and the whole point of taking herbs is to like balance out your condition. So what are we talking about today so, in specific? Okay, specifically, I wanted to talk about something that all horse owners deal with. It's one of the most common patterns we see in competition horses, or really any like any horses doing any work. It's wood over controlling the earth. So if you've listened to some of our podcasts in the past, I always talk about five elements, right? And so the five elements um, are also associated with different parts of the body or organs. So wood, the wood element is, um, is associated with the liver and the gallbladder. And the earth element is uh, associated with the spleen and the stomach, right? Or the GI tract. The earth element is involved with your GI, right? There's also the fire element that's involved with your heart and your shen and your mind, right? The wood element is involved with your liver and gallbladder, and it involves the regulation of blood and chi flow. So, you know, you hear when people talk about Chinese medicine, they say, oh, I have liver chi stagnation, right? So what does that mean? Well, liver chi stagnation is when you get like kind of aggravated or upset. So I kind of think about it as mood, right? Versus your mind or your, or your brain. And so you can understand like this wood over controlling earth when you're like upset you're in a bad mood your tummy hurts right yep or if you're nervous about something you're like oh i have butterflies in my stomach but that's kind of like how those two balance together and that's true in horses too of course it's true in horses yeah see this is exactly how i know you do not load your own horse (laughs) you have a hackney pony and i bet every time jen loads him in the trailer he has diarrhea he does exactly yes he does yeah why do you think that happens yeah okay because he's scared he's like oh my god we're going in the trailer he's gonna have fun when he gets there but he's nervous so that's how that all goes together and one of the ways you can think about it, because sometimes like in this setting, we don't have time to talk about all five elements, but this specific pattern, I think about it as like the fire triangle, you know, the fire safety triangle, you have like fire is at the top, right? That's your flame and your fuel is like wood. And that's on one side and the oxygen, which I kind of think of as the, the wood element is like the wind or oxygen. Right. So when you have too much oxygen, your fire can flame up, right? Too much wind and you're going to like flare up your fire. So that's what happens to little scooter. He gets on the trailer and he's like nervous because he has stress and then it causes some diarrhea. Or like, I think of it like this, you're riding down center line, right? And your horse is doing great. You have just enough spark to have like a, Brilliant dressage test. And then a big gust of wind blows over the tent right next to the dressage arena, and your test goes down in a blaze of glory. Right? Yep. yep. And I, I actually had that happen. I was just going to say, that sounds like personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> and my horses are also half Arab, so it's like extra dangerous. 
But then as the fire burns out of control, you eventually run out of fuel, right? You burn it all out. And that's the earth part, right? So your earth is deficient and your wood is just too strong. So it's out of control. So sometimes you might hear that like, like when people want to make fun of you doing acupuncture, they say, Ooh, my liver young is rising, right? That's the term everybody knows. But that's what that is referring to. Your liver is out of control and is damaging your spleen and stomach. Gotcha. Okay, so like when we saw the Black Panther that day, Scooter and Nigel were hepped up for about 15 minutes and then crashed, you know? (laughs) They were super tired, right? Yeah, yeah, they were actually. And that's what, and uh, sometimes people refer to it as um, adrenal washout, you know, because you get like all this, like your fight or flight takes over and you like just burn out. So, Um, so for the horses that have this, that you can predict it. So, you know, we were talking about situations that were unpredictable, right? But the horses that you can predict every time they get in the trailer, they're going to have problems, right? Every time. So so you need to do something about it, right? Right. So how are you going to do it? Well, there's no way you can control the nervousness he gets going in the trailer. I think the way that we used to do that and the way I used to do it before TCVM, I would want to like try to sedate the liver. Right. So I would use like calmers. That's what we do. Yep. When we use calmers, we're trying to stop the reaction. Squirt the tube in, right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Maybe the way we do it is to, uh, support the wood. I mean, support the earth element, right? If we make his spleen and stomach stronger, then he could still have the same amount of stress, but he's better apt to handle it. Gotcha. So, um, like squirting the tube in, that's a perfect example. Like that is tryptophan, right? A lot of people use tryptophan and tryptophan is converted to serotonin in the body and serotonin is a feel good hormone and it helps with mood. But it also is a, a huge hormone used in the GI tract for digestion. So that's the theory behind that. The thing is, um, that's interesting about that is like, you know how when we were growing up, there was nobody with autism or irritable right. bowel syndrome or ADD, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Or ADD. Exactly. So like in the last 20 years, we've had tons of those uh, issues in people. And so there's been a ton of study about what they call the gut brain axis, right? And they've shown that people with autism and IBD usually have a, a imbalanced microbiome. And you know what, do you know what your microbiome is? That's all the hormones and things working together? It's all the, your gut bacteria. Okay. Right. And in horses, their microbiome is super important because they eat a lot of like hay and grass and the bacteria and fungi in the microbiome help break down the grass and they get a lot of, um, of their nutrients from their microbiome. That's why when we put horses on antibiotics, they get really, they have a real huge problem with digestion. So is there something you can take as a maintenance thing then? Yeah. So, so pro and prebiotics to support the microbiome is one of the best things you can do to help with straining the earth element. Because these little microbiome, your microbiome, these little uh, micro bacteria in the tummy 
produces all kinds of things that affect our mood, like GABA. Like all horse people know GABA. Like how many people are suspended because they have GABA, right? They test positive GABA. But GABA is in a lot of commerce. Just like I said, serotonin, which comes from tryptophan, and melatonin, which uh, is really important for your sleep cycle. So these little bacteria in your gut are producing a lot of these uh, molecules that help with your mood. So if they get unbalanced, then you can have these kind of mood issues and you can't deal with stress as well. So the very first thing you need to do is try to work on your microbiome and that is from diet, right? So, and that's something that we can all do at home. Well, like there's tons of stuff you can read about the microbiome of the horse. I'm not going to get into that here, but uh, the, another thing you can do to support the microbiome is use an herb like Xiaoyaosan. And Xiaoyaosan is one of the most prescribed herbs in humans. And they use for like anxiety, depression, stress every day. And what's They use that for like irritable bowel, right? Isn't that one of the ones they use for oh, yeah, irritable bowel? Oh, yeah, you can use it for yeah. irritable bowel. Yeah. Usually, the Xiaoyaosan is like the base uh, formula. Then there's all different variations of Xiaoyaosan to help with uh, like if you have irritable bowel, they'll put in some other herbs that will help more with diarrhea. Or if you have uh, like heat issues, they'll put in more herbs to help with heat. So the interesting thing about Xiaoyaosan is um, this herbal formula is made entirely of roots, right? So lots of different formulas have different things. So they root seeds, plants, leaves, blah, blah, blah. Xiaoyaosan is all roots, and roots have lots of uh, polysaccharides in them. And usually we think of roots to feed the microbiome. So like I always go back and say, the Chinese thought about this like thousands of years ago. And then we just needed medicine to come by and they have to like prove it. <laughs> but we know it works, right? So um, Xiaoyaosan is made up of... Uh, some of these roots I've talked about a lot, like Bai Shao Yao, which is white peony root, or Bai Zhu, which is a tricholoides root, which is a, it's a plant related to the sunflower, and Dong which is angelica, which is also called woman's ginseng. Those three herbs are huge to tonify the spleen and blood. And so when we say that, we're like regulating digestion, we're regulating like glucose metabolism, and when we say it tonifies the blood, it, it can like mean that we're increasing red blood cell production, but it also it means we're increasing lean muscle development. Uh, another herb is chai hu, which is uh, bufflurium, which is also called Chinese thorough wax. And that's a cool plant. It's in the carrot family and it has like small feathery leaves like dill. It's very, um, is very aromatic, but that's been studied extensively and it's been shown that it contains um, saponins that are hepatoprotective, meaning it protects the liver cells, right? And so it helps to, like they use it in people, people that have like fatty liver disease or liver cancer, so that can help with that, that helps directly with the liver to soothe our liver chi. And then, um, it has fuling in it, which I talk about a lot. That's the wolf mushroom. And that's a really cool 
thing because it's like um, a mushroom, but its rooting body grows underground like a truffle. And that helps with the spleen and stomach. That's like one of our number one things because it's a diuretic. So it helps, uh, we call it draining the damp. But also with this diuretic, it helps like, uh, like wash out toxins, right? Like, you know, you hear people talk about detox. A main thing about detox is when you want to kind of fix your liver and your kidneys, you want to detox, you want to drink a lot of fluids, and you want to pee a lot of stuff out. And then uh, the last herb in it is gong cow, which is uh, licorice root. Licorice root is in almost every herbal formula, and we call it a harmonizing herb. And that's because it kind of balances out the other um, herbs. But one of the things that's really great about licorice and horse medicine is it's, um, it tastes good and it masks a lot of the bitterness of the other herbs. So it makes it more palatable. But the other thing that is good about licorice is, um, when it gets to the tummy, like when it gets in water, it makes this kind of mucilaginous gel, which is great because it coats the intestines. So like some really popular uh, Western herbs are like marshmallow plant or slippery elm. It's very similar to that and being mucilaginous. So, so um, is this thing do you take, do you're going to give it to the horses all the time? Like, is this a, a you know, permanent daily thing? Well, or? see, that all depends because like I said, there's a like triangle, right? So can you reduce the stress? Probably not. Right. But maybe you can support the microbiome. So there's varying levels. Maybe in the beginning, like what I would do is I would try a three-month trial of putting my horse on this herbal formula. And then I would also do things like the food therapy. So I would use either like a commercial pro and prebiotic or like I really like food therapy for my horses. So a great prebiotic for the horses is sweet potato and horses love sweet potato and also carrots and apples. They're great for feeding the microbiome. Um, so if you can balance your horse out with the herbal formula, maybe you can then regulate him long-term on a more balanced diet and protecting his microbiome. Or if you have something like, you know, if you have to go on a course of antibiotics and we, you know, when you want antibiotics, it wipes out all the little good bugs in your, in your uh, tummy. So you have to support the body to bring those back. So you might need to go on some herbs after a course of antibiotics. So, and how does this spelled again? It's spelled Shao Yao San. So it's X I A O, new word Y A O San. It's also called Free and Easy Wanderer. Sometimes you may see it as Free and Easy Wanderer because it helps your chi flow freely like monks wandering the wild. <laughs> and how do people <laughs> get it? How do, how do they find it or get it? Uh, to get this, you should talk to your TCVM veterinarian. And they can talk to you about pattern. And if this uh, herbal formula is appropriate for your horse, then they can prescribe that from you and uh, for you. And you can get that. And it comes in a granule. It, granules for horses are very palatable. 
Okay, so if they don't if they don't know if they have a you know a, a Eastern medicine veterinarian near them, a TCBM vet, how can they find it? I know that Chi has a way oh, to yeah. do that, right? You just go to the Chi uh, University website. It's tcbm.com. Yep, tcbm.com. Yep. And then you scroll down to the bottom and you look for uh, find a vet or vet find. Okay. And then, just and then it brings up a map and then you put in your zip code and it'll tell you, um, it'll help you find a local veterinarian. I did put in mine. There's a, there's quite a few in Ocala. Big surprise, oh, yeah, in right? Ocala, yeah. <laughs> that's why that's why I had to move to Sarasota. <laughs> I need a captive audience down here. Partly because uh, they're here, and partly because every horse in the state seems to be here now. So it's a little <laughs> bit of true. both. Well, this is great. Thank you, Doctor Wendy. I will put links to. I'll put the name in there and the links and everything in your show notes. So if you didn't catch all of that, uh, you can just scroll there on your podcast player, and you'll find the name. Uh, and I'll put a link also to the find your your vet uh, your TCVM uh, vet right there on the website. And Glenn, also, uh, I have a um, I'm blogging again. Oh, good. I've got inspired. What's so that I'll address? Put this up on my website and it's uh, drwendying.com. So it's drwendying.com. Very good. Thanks. Thanks, Wendy. You're welcome. Thank you. Good for to have you me. back. Well, Dr. Wendy's always fun. We hope you enjoyed that little segment. I'll put the name of the herb, which I still can't say. What was it again? Xiao Yao San. Xiao Yao San. San. Xiao Yao San. Did I get it right? You did. All Beautiful. right, good. We'll put all of that in the show notes so you can find You're it right ready there. To go to China. Yeah, I know. Look at me. I'm ready for a trip. <laughs> That's what I, I used to think I, too. I can't eat chicken. Chinese is impossible. <laughs> I can't eat chicken feet or any of that weird stuff, though. Right. I, can't, I can't do it. Uh, but we want to know where we can find you. Um, I am easily found. Uh, I have I have kind of dumbed down my website lately. I used to have a big, beautiful website, but it is fullcirclevet.net. So F-U-L-L-C-I-R-C-L-E-V-E-T.net. And what, what area do you cover? So if somebody's interested. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've kind of tightened my boundaries because like, like many of us, I've gotten pretty busy. So I'm pretty strictly in the Richmond, Virginia area. Um, and I do go to Harwood, Maryland, Davidsonville, Maryland once a month. So if anybody would want to haul to me, um, I do have some place. I have a place out by the Richmond airport that somebody could haul into if okay. they wanted to consult. And are so. you just horses or? I'm just horses. I used to do a little bit of dogs, but I got busy. So, okay. and horses are my love. All right. Sounds good. And of course, you can find Dr. Wendy Ying at drwendyying.com and Chi University at tcbm.com. We'll take you right to Chi University. They have a beautiful website with all kinds of information on there and food therapy and, you know, all the different things that they have. You're going to find them there, uh, as well as how to find, and I'll put a link directly to that, how to find a practitioner in your area specifically. Because I know somebody, you know, a lot of people will be looking into this for the first time. Uh, and what is true is a lot of the practitioners for Eastern medicine are, are Western medicine vets that come and take the courses, right? That is 100%. You have to be a veterinarian in order to take acupuncture. In most states, injecting or putting a needle in a body is governed by the boards of medicine. There so you go. You'd have to be either be a human doctor, well, not with acupuncture, but to do some injections. And it's but nice you that you have a vet that can do both. 
you know, so they they I can find so. the right solution instead of only one solution. I agree. Yeah, so that I, I love that idea. And of course, you're going to be here the first or, or the fourth. I keep saying the first, the fourth <laughs> Tuesday of every month. And we're if you want to listen to past episodes in the future, you just of any of our Tuesday and Thursdays, you go to horsesinthemorning.com, scroll down the middle of the page, you're going to see a logo, click on it, and it'll bring up all the past episodes. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for your uh, hanging out there and uh, putting all of this together, Allison. And we will see you again next month. <laughs> <laughs>